Welcome to A Chat with Benedetta, featuring our founder, Julia Fowler. In this podcast, we discuss everything you need to know about skincare, who and why Benedetta, and how to get the best use out of your Benedetta products for vibrant, timeless skin. Welcome back to A Chat with Benedetta, and we have a very uh, exciting podcast for you today. It's another interview podcast, Um, and today we are here with uh, Jeff Chilton of Namex Organic Mushroom Extracts, um, and which I just think is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) I was exploring the website a bunch before we were having this podcast. So welcome, Jeff. Welcome on board. Hi, Gabrielle, Julia, thank you so much for having me. It's really great to, to be on the show. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you know, this this podcast is really largely about health and wellness, consciousness and truth. Uh, I think we need a lot of it. Uh, I personally love mushrooms. <laughs> Don't know as much as you, not even one hundredth of a percent, most likely. Uh, but I am so interested. They are so beautiful in nature. And as a botanical formulator, I always look at where the botanicals grow, why they grow, how they grow, and how they resonate with our largest organ, particularly the skin, because I'm a skincare formulator. Um, sure. and I, I, I myself use some turkey tail and I actually make my own extract, uh, using the turkey tail. So I'm just so Hi. interested. Yes. And recently, you know, we have a store in the San Francisco Ferry building and we have a store there, not our store, but a local store called Far West Fungi. I don't know if you've been to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Do you know, do you oh, know well, Ian? They, they, they well... That Far Fungi has been around for a long time, and probably the owners now are very different from when I knew them, because I think they started back in the 1980s and have just been going on forever, and yeah. people own it. Well, the, the kids are doing it now. So Ian is one of them, <laughs> and they've been in the Ferry Building for, I'm going to say, about 18 years since the founding of the Ferry Building. I think they came in a little later, but they're one of the originals there, and I'm always learning so much. I I recently bought a bunch of maitake, and I love just putting just a teeniest tiny. I kind of rub them in olive oil, and I I put them in the oven for a little bit, and I eat them straight away. <laughs> so mm, I don't know what you mm, think of that, yeah. but it's one of my no, favorite. No, I think that's wonderful. It's one of my that's favorite wonderful. snacks. So I want to know what I'm getting out of them, which brings us to uh, the first question. What are the nutritional benefits of mushrooms? Oh, wow. You know what's so interesting is that (laughs) when I started my career as a mushroom grower, which was in 1973, on a very, very large agaricus farm, and agaricus is the button mushroom, and we were growing Mm -hmm. 2 million pounds a year there. (sighs) And we actually had um, a Japanese scientist there that, that I was working with as well, and he was growing shiitake mushrooms, uh, enoki mushrooms, and oyster mushrooms. Think about this for a second. I was eating fresh shiitake in the 1970s. Wow. <laughs> it was amazing. And, and uh, the, what was interesting is that back then, 
classical Western nutritionists mm -hmm. thought that mushrooms were nothing but a garnish, um, oh, that gosh. they really had no nutritional value. So, so a, a large part of the marketing department in, in the company was to, to give them some proper information. And the reason that nutritionists thought that was because mushrooms are low in calories. Mm. Mushrooms mm. actually have a lot of fiber, but they're, they're and, and here's something to remember always about mushrooms, is that mm -hmm. each species will have a different nutritional profile. For example, mm -hmm. shiitake is about 20% protein and uh, approximately 60% carbs. Agaricus is 40% protein and somewhere around 45% carbohydrates. And what's really great about the carbohydrates in mushrooms is they're not starches. Mm. Mushrooms do not produce starch like wow. plants do. Mushrooms, mushrooms, actually what's really interesting, and, and you maybe have heard this before about mm. mushrooms being kind of human-like and having some attributes that we share. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. mushrooms glycogen as their storage carbohydrate, mm -hmm. as do we. Mm -hmm. and, and in fact, fungi in general, they actually consume oxygen and breathe out carbo uh, uh, carbon dioxide like we do. So so we share those kind of attributes, but, but again, wow. in terms of nutritional values, the great thing about the carbs in mushrooms are they are primarily made up of what are called beta-glucans. Uh -huh. Beta-glucans are 50% of the cell wall in all mushrooms. Mushrooms also have a high amount of mannitol, which is uh -huh. a very slow-acting carbohydrate mm -hmm. that we do not digest well. And, and so mushrooms are, are high in fiber, so as we, they're not digested in our, our stomach or really in the uh, top part of our intestines. They're really work their way down, very slow to digest, but being high in fiber, mm -hmm. of course, they will be eating, feeding our microbiome. And not just feeding the microbiome, but it's got these beta-glucans, which are the compounds that have all the medicinal value in them. So, so mushrooms, not only are a great food in that sense, but they also are uh, medicinal. So in a sense, what I like to think of with mushrooms, a couple things, one of mm -hmm. which is food, food is medicine. Yep. And, and also, I, I consider mushrooms to be the missing link. They are mm -hmm. the forgotten food. They are being consumed uh, all over Asia, 12 species wow. at least in the market. Uh, Europe eats all sorts of mushrooms. We are really behind the curve here in the West. And so right now, it's really great that all of a sudden we're kind of starting to catch up. And, mm -hmm. and you can go into a supermarket mm -hmm. now, especially, especially in a Bay Area, and you can probably find six different species of mushrooms that you can take home and eat. Great food. Highly recommend that people put mushrooms into their diet. Mm-hmm. So you're saying six species in in California in the Bay Area that are, that oh, are yeah. local? Oh yeah. Well, when I say you know these are being cultivated, right? Sure, so sure, what sure, I'm sure. Saying is you could probably get uh, Garica, shiitake, maitake, yeah. lion's mane for sure. Yeah. Uh, Anoki talk, oyster mushroom. Yeah. Uh, so 
at least those you've got there, and, and possibly a couple of Shemeji, probably. So, yeah, I, I mean, because you've got you've actually got a uh, very uh, high, uh, a large mushroom company right in that Santa Rosa, Sebastopol area that's producing at least six of those different species. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who is that? If you... um, I think they're called gourmet mushrooms. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because uh, even yeah. at our I mean, farmer's assuming, market, we have, and I do see, I see Rishi. I'm not sure if that's local. I'm assuming that it is. Um, well, but, but all of the ones not. that you just said, so they're just bringing them in dried. Are they always dried? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Well, well. <laughs> No, I, I would say you can find all of those mushrooms fresh in your markets. You wow. should absolutely help the farmers' markets because even even the gourmet mushrooms there they're a bigger farm, but you, there's bound to be all sorts of small mushroom growers all over uh, Northern California that are feeding into the different farmers' markets and and also into some of the supermarkets. I mean, uh, gourmet mushrooms send most of their stuff off to supermarkets. I'm pretty sure because they're a, a bigger outfit but I mean no you, you've got to have lots of these fresh mushrooms I mean I, dried mushrooms I, I'm not a big fan of dried mushrooms okay. for uh, food purposes and uh-huh. and boy I don't ever look at the price of some of the dried mushrooms you're like oh my god they're super expensive mm-hmm. I've seen them sometimes where it's 15 grams and they're they're selling them for three to four dollars mm-hmm. yeah they are they are quite pricey there are the obvious ones that we think the, the us lay people that we cook with you know the oysters and um gosh now i'm buttons button well buttons yeah. the, for sure um sure. And, well, and the well, stuffing actually, mushrooms the, the black i mean maybe they're i guess they are in the the mushrooms the the um black trumpets i'm thinking of <laughs> i'm just trying to think of what i find at the fairy no, that, that a wild mushroom. It uh, is a black wild mushroom. I mean, you guys probably, in, the, in season, you probably get chanterelles in your markets, and certainly you get fresh, yes. uh, you'll get fresh morels in season. I mean, right. Northern California's got a really good uh, uh, mushroom season there, and you might even have uh, king polies and things like that. But, you know, I, I just think that the food value of mushrooms, I mean, the other thing about mushrooms is that they're high in... Uh, B vitamins uh, in terms of thiamine, riboflavin, and niacin. I mean, mm-hmm. for riboflavin and niacin, if you eat mm-hmm. 100 grams mm-hmm. fresh weight of wow. mushrooms, you're getting 25 to 30% of your RDA of B2 and B3, riboflavin wow. and niacin. I mean, high in, on those uh, three B vitamins. So they're just an all-around great food. I mean, mineral-wise, you're getting a good uh, profile of minerals, high in potassium and phosphorus. I mean, no, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great food, and wow. you know, the thing about mushrooms is that you can, you can put them in about anything, or, like me, you can just fry them right up and, mm-hmm. and eat them as mm-hmm. is with, you know, a side dish or, or however you want to do it, but mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. I'm eating at least, at least five times a week, and, and uh, uh, my favorite is shiitake, shiitake Fabulous <laughs> mushroom. This is really good. I mean, in, in, in China, shiitake is called shangu, which means fragrant mushroom and the odor of shiitake. When I visit mm-hmm. our shiitake farms, the odor in the air is 
unbelievable. <laughs> it's like perfect. Yeah. It is just amazing. Wow. That's beautiful. I'd like to, an essential oil of a shiitake. I never thought of that before. Oh, yeah. But that oh, would yeah. probably oh, yeah. be, yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Definitely. The, <laughs> I haven't, but you know what? The flavor, the flavor yeah. of shiitake is so amazing. I mean, it really is. I, everybody in the world, I tell them, you know, when they're talking about formulating this or doing that, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to foods, I'm like, oh, you, you've got to do the shiitake. <laughs> because it's like the flavor of it is just amazing. Our extracts, and we, we sell all powdered extracts, but the shiitake extracts, oh. oh my God, the taste is wonderful. The, the odor is wonderful. No, it's, it's fantastic. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's amazing. I love, <clears throat> excuse me, shiitakes myself, which brings me, you know, in just talking about the, the difference between cooking them up as food or using them as medicines. And I think what you said to begin with was, you know, these are medicines, you know, food should be exactly. your medicine. So you're eating Absolutely. it and what is the most viable way to get it. But then when you're talking about compounds and extracts, now you're going into a different level of you're taking it for immuno health, uh, maybe taking it, I mean, I, I would ask if there are certain mushrooms that you would take for allopathic uh, issues, like, you know, I've, I've always heard that cordyceps were good for lung, you know, lung diseases and, and that sort of thing. I mean, you, I don't know what you think of that in that, in that realm, but um, so people are taking it when their bodies are in crisis in this day and age, but they're also taking it as food, which I think is really the cornerstone of our health. So I agree with you that we oh. should be eating more mushrooms. And, you know, I didn't know they were so high in B vitamins in this stress-filled world we're living in. Eat more <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and, and, you know, you know you, you're absolutely right. I mean, the diet is the foundation of our health. I mean, we've got to be feeding ourselves and nourishing ourselves with high-quality food products. That is just so important. And, you know, mushrooms are something where they're kind of working in the background because they've got these immunological benefits. They're sitting there working in the background, and they're really... Uh, you know, they're, they're considered to be an adaptogen, which is an interesting mm. term that's, that's mm -hmm. sort of come back into vogue because, yep. believe it or not, back in the 90s, it was like people were talking about adaptogens and it was like a really big thing. And then, then it just sort of turned of the century and nobody was talking about adaptogens. And mm. now they come back and everybody's talking about adaptogens. Mm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, adaptogen is something mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you can consume as much as you want for as mm -hmm. long as you want. And they're... They're just working in the background, and they're trying to maintain harmony and balance. And that's what mm. we're all looking for in terms of our lives, because basically, when we go out of balance, that's, that's essentially when disease sets in. And so we're trying to maintain that, that homeostasis with mm. our diet and, and products like mushrooms. They're helping us. So these types of... of products, whether they're a food or an herb, 
as an adaptogen, that's what they're doing. And so, so it's not one of those things where, okay, gee, I'm, I'm starting to feel something come on, I better start eating mushrooms. It's like, no, no, you have to put mushrooms into your diet, sure. make them part of, of that so that they're always there working for you. And, and in a sense, I view mushrooms more almost as prevention. And, and that's where mm-hmm. kind of food and mm-hmm. medicine comes. They're yes. there all the time with you and there's a, a preventative they're just keeping you healthy they're they're very good antibacterial antifungal uh, i mean they're just in so many ways are a healthy uh, positive food and that's why i say it's kind of a forgotten food and the missing mm-hmm. link and mm-hmm. and interestingly enough when you when you see some of these studies that are being done on large populations and, and one just came out from Singapore, and and in this study, they basically had two very large cohorts, very large groups that they were uh, uh, basically testing, and in the sense that, okay, the group that eats a lot of mushrooms and the group that doesn't, and the group that was eating a lot of mushrooms had a significantly longer lifespan, and it's just those kind of, when you start hearing those types of uh, that type of information, and to me, I'm just like, yeah, of course, that just makes perfect sense. <laughs> Keeps you healthier, live longer. Wow. Yes, I couldn't agree more. That's amazing. So adaptogenic. That's that's wonderful. I I speak a lot to the adaptogenic herb. Um, how important it is. So we can eat as much as we want. Uh, that brings me to a question, but I guess you answered it. If 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 the mushrooms are, and, and you're saying all mushrooms, well, obviously not all. I mean, there are many mushrooms out there. But is there any contraindication for people that are going through any kind of debility? Or let's say they're pregnant. Would there be, well, are there certain, you know, cer- yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, all I was going to say is, is you know what, the, the, the thing with, um, with pregnancy is, I think every, you know, for example, every supplement on the shelf will have a pregnancy warning. Sure. I mean, yes. and how many tests out there have they done that are specific to that? I mean, who wants? None, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's just a liability yeah. clause, I believe, but yeah. Yeah, but in terms of foods, yes, of course, if you're pregnant, you can be eating mushrooms like you could be eating anything else in your diet. One thing I would say to people, especially when it comes to any particular mushroom or, or food for that matter. Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. the first time you eat new food, don't, you know, fry up two pounds of mushrooms and just <laughs> gobble them all down. <laughs> yeah. You know, your yeah. stomach feels a little bit weird or something <clears throat> like that. And, you know, there's probably 5% of the population that will be allergic to any particular food out there. So mm-hmm. when you're trying mm-hmm. a new mm-hmm. mushroom, <laughs> Try a little bit, see how you like it, see how it agrees with you and things like that. Because, you know, some mushrooms out there um, will give you uh, a stomach upset. Mm-hmm. That, that's, you know, one of the things that could happen. Mm-hmm. Most of these cultivated mushrooms are not in that category. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I knew uh, there's quite a few people out there that are allergic to morels. And morels, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, a choice edible mushroom. I mean, mm-hmm. and all across the country, people are, are out there searching for them in the springtime and eating them in quantity, but, but 
a friend of, uh, or the father of a friend of mine when I was growing up, loved hunting mushrooms, allergic to morels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, and that, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So on so the medicinal side, so- oh, sorry. On the medicinal side of things, then, if if let's say there is someone that is going through, are there are there are are mushrooms better in combination or to be used as single extracts for different dispositions? Uh, so people are using it. I hear the immune and the preventative aspects of mushrooms, but when can we use them in the case of a debility? You know. And, and was I wrong to suggest, maybe reading too much online, uh, that cordyceps did have an affinity for lung tissue and for people that maybe suffer from asthma, which is kind of a chronic thing, or emphysema, or here in, in you know, uh, the North Bay in particular, we've had three fires in three years. And so there are a lot of people searching for herbal remedies and uh, mushrooms to sustain them. And again, it goes to that immune strength. So we're building more white corpuscles and we're able to breathe better because it's something, it's kind of this hidden disease in a lot of us where even though we were wearing masks um, and all the way down to Santa Barbara, because I go down to Santa Barbara and if you go into the health food store, you have, you know, four feet wide, four feet tall of, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm even like coughing, thinking about it, um, kind of strength, you know, lung strengtheners because of, because of the fires, you know, and how that's created this stability. In the mushroom world, would you say there's something specific to that or, or that mushrooms work mainly on that immune strengthening or can you use them medicinally for certain problems directly? Oh, 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 you know what, certain, certain mushrooms definitely can be used for specific things, and, and okay. certainly cordyceps has been used for uh, lung issues, okay. also for kidney, kidney issues, so, so oh. certainly you could be using cordyceps for that. This actually, too, was used a lot for neurasthenia, which is um, fatigue and loss of energy for people who are coming out of uh, a long let's say, disease, and they're just kind of trying to get over the hump with it. They're kind of, it's, it's finished, but yet they still kind of lack energy, so they yeah. would use cordyceps for that, too. The other thing, too, is with reishi, reishi is used mm-hmm. a lot for um, uh, allergies, so that's mm-hmm. something as um, um, So, yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, when you get down to specifics, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. like today, lion's mane, is used a lot by people for cognitive type issues mm. and and lion's mane has compounds in it that stimulate a uh, protein that we produce called nerve growth factor a nerve oh. growth factor actually to to organize and helps to stimulate the production of neurons so wow Lion's mane, you know, is considered to be a nootropic, mm. and for those people who don't know, I mean, my understanding of nootropic is anything that can enhance our uh, physical abilities in some way or the other, and, and, and so what people are finding, and what we've also seen in, in actual clinical trials, and, and look, 
there aren't a lot of clinical trials out there on herbal sure. products, and it's sure. no, dip, no different with mushrooms. But right. we do have some big clinical trials out of Japan where they have actually given large groups, uh, um, uh, in this one study, a group of 30 people who took lion's mane, 30 people in a control group. They tested them with a whole battery of different types of uh, cognitive tests mm -hmm. after 90 days. They retested them. The, the group taking lion's mane actually had higher scores. Um, interestingly enough, after 30 days uh, and the group stopped taking lion's mane, they tested them both again, and the group that had scored better taking the lion's mane dropped back down to baseline. Wow. Which was an interesting study. And, and, uh, so for seniors and, and, and kids they, with, with, that are on the were, spectrum. They were like <laughs> 70 years old, mm. um, the, the, these two groups. And so... And, was that they actually had a control group. So, so that, and they've also shown some benefits for people with dementia. Wow. And you know, that's, that's, that's big issues of the day now mm -hmm. is the Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. but dementia, memory loss, things like mm -hmm. that. And, and you know, it, it's pretty interesting. I, my, my mother actually is 94 years old. She's still very cognitive, but you know what? She's finally starting to have memory issues and I'm just like God if I wow. can make it that far and not, not have memory issues I'm gonna feel really good Wow has she been inspired the by you to eat mushrooms has she been eating mushrooms and does she do tinctures <laughs> well you know yeah you know what unfortunately my mother doesn't eat mushrooms so I can't I can't say oh yeah because of the mushrooms that I've had her on for the last 20 years that's uh -huh. doing it no we never we never had mushrooms actually when uh, when we were growing up in, mm -hmm. in my family, uh, she didn't ever cook with mushrooms. And mm -hmm. so I didn't actually get into really eating mushrooms until I went to university. And, and, uh, and then of course I was studying, I was studying mushrooms there too. So uh, it was kind of a fun thing. And then I went to work on a mushroom farm in 1973 and uh, stayed there for 10 years wow. growing mushrooms. So, so essentially for 10 years while I was working on that mushroom farm, I, I was literally living with mushrooms and I mean that a living with mushrooms two million pounds of mushrooms a year so it's like every every time I went to work I was able to go into the, the grow rooms and just watch these mushrooms growing in every single stage of their development wow they really spoke to you you were you were being the ever, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I loved it I really loved it and it's funny because while I'm there at this mushroom farm and, you know, during lunch and stuff like that, I'm, I'm reading these magazines that they've got there from the American Mushroom Institute about about the different uh, growing techniques and things like that. And all the other, all of my other, the other employees there were just kind of looking at me like, dude, what are you doing reading that stuff? We want, we want to get out of here. We don't want to stay here. <laughs> well, we are grateful that you did, for sure. Um, can you answer something for me just on the same thing? Why would I purchase a mushroom supplement? You know, because I know that you're probably looking at all the bastardization of the work in a way because people see that there's money in it. You know, here in Northern California, you've got a thousand companies out there. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Um, but as soon as they find out, oh, get a little bit of knowledge, everybody's making it. So. When would yeah. you use a, a supplement versus an extract, and which is better, or, or is there no difference? 
Well, what do you, what do you, what do you, how are you differentiating a supplement? Okay, uh, a capsule with powder. So there's powdered that your body's digesting and breaking apart, or there's an alcohol or glycerin and alcohol extract where you make a menstrual. Oh, okay. So you're. Okay, when you're talking extract, you're thinking of a liquid extract. I am thinking of a liquid extract. Okay, because we sell powdered extract. Right. And so what is that exactly? The, what's that? What is that exactly? What is a powdered extract? Okay. Okay, a powdered extract is essentially, uh, think of it in a sense as making a soup. We take our dried mushrooms. Uh-huh. We, throw them into a, we throw them into a pot. We fill it with water, we bring that up to uh, simmering, we simmer those mushrooms for, let's just say, three hours, um, then we'll pour off the water, we'll put in more water, we'll simmer them again. We will essentially kind of cook those mushrooms uh, a number of times until we have actually uh, gotten everything out of them. Mm -hmm. At that point, we will take that liquid that we've got and we will concentrate it down until it becomes a syrup and then we will take that syrup and we will put it into a dryer of some point of oh. some type and then that dryer will dry it out and then we'll take that dried material grind it to a powder wow and that's that's how that's that how sounds pretty extraordinary so and then what type of can you, I mean, in the essential oil world, we do gas chromatographs, and we can see from, I mean, you're in a controlled environment. You know that they're probably the same every time, right? Or do they change? In, in the aromatic world, you know, we, it changes. Climate changes it because it's not in a controlled environment typically. Um, we're not making botanicals and greenhouses. I think some, some people are trying to do that. Uh, but they change all the time, and so the the constituents always change. But I would I would guess that this is pretty exact. That do you test them? Oh, once you've, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. you know, remember what's happening here is first of all, the mushrooms that we grow, we grow them in very very large greenhouses, and we're growing. Uh, well, last year we we processed um, close to 60 tons of dried mushrooms. Now think about this for a second: 60 tons of dried mushrooms. That's 600 tons of fresh mushrooms. Wow. <laughs> That's how much, how many mushrooms we processed last year into powdered extracts, and and so the mushrooms themselves. They're all grown, um, you know, naturally in, in shade houses, but they're grown on wood. Most medicinal mushrooms are, are wood decomposers, and mm -hmm. it's, that's very important. You need to have what they're grown on naturally. They need that wood to produce the medicinal compounds that we expect to find in a medicinal mushroom. When we grow our mushrooms, we grow them on wood, we give them, I mean, basically the, the kind of environment that they need. They're grown kind of seasonally so, mm -hmm. that, so that we're using the temperature, the ambient temperature where they're grown uh, because they need fresh air. They need light. Believe it or not, mushrooms need light. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of people think of that as a joke. 
me like a mushroom because they're keeping me in the dark and feeding me bullshit. They, right. they think of mushrooms <laughs> that way, right? It's like, oh yeah, the mushrooms, they don't need light. They're, they're all in the dark. No, mushrooms actually mm-hmm. need light to grow. Mm-hmm. So so we've got them in, in shade houses, greenhouses. And the reason we need we need shade cloth because if we didn't have it, those greenhouses would get way too hot. Mm-hmm. So if they're being grown, each particular species is grown uh, and cropped at a certain time of year when the temperature is perfect for the growth of that particular species. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a very, um, let's just call it standardized, like any growing any particular plant or food crop, you have a method of doing it, mm-hmm. you do it the same every time. Uh, once those mushrooms are harvested, and here's just something interesting for you. Mm-hmm. Every single mushroom in the world is harvested by hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are no machines out there that mm-hmm. harvest mushrooms for you. There's no machine that shakes the tree and the nuts fall down mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. No. Mushrooms, each single mushroom is plucked off by a human hand. So, so those mushrooms, once they come off, they're, they are dried because that way the mushroom has the ability to, we can ship it and store it until we're ready to extract it. Mm-hmm. And when we extract it, we extract it in very, very large uh, uh, facilities mm-hmm. with large stainless steel tanks that hold thousands of gallons of water. So when they go into these tanks, anywhere, you know, when we produce one lot of our mushroom extracts, we're producing a thousand kilograms at a time. Wow. That's how big every single lot is. We're not, you know, this is not like in our garage or anything like that. This is like in very large factories with equipment, um, amazing brand new stainless steel equipment. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens is, is the mushrooms are cooked under pressure. Uh, ultimately, um, in the case of one of our extracts, we, we grind the mushrooms to a very fine powder because actually our, our what we call our one-to-one extract, we keep all of the fiber from that mushroom in that extract. So we'll cook that uh, powder then we'll concentrate the fluid down with the powder in it. Mm-hmm. Then we will send it off to what's called a spray dryer, which mm-hmm. is a very, very large cone and very high temperature. And you spray the, the fluid into this cone. Uh, it swirls around and it comes out the bottom as a fine powder. Wow. Now, now, if you want to make a concentrated extract, which some of our extracts are more concentrated, because you know you can't get eight kilos of mushrooms into one mushroom powder into one kilo of mm-hmm. final product, you mm-hmm. have to remove the fiber because mm-hmm. eight kilos doesn't go into one. So, so with our traits, basically we'll cook those mushrooms two or three times and to the point where we go, okay, we have exhausted the fiber. There's mm-hmm. nothing left. And then the final powder there will be much more concentrated because, you know, for some herbs, Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure, uh, you know, it's kind of similar to your essential oils. You're mm-hmm. basically bringing that, that down, pulling that out, and you're, you're um, 
getting rid of a lot of the fiber that you took mm -hmm. it out of. And mm -hmm. that's no different than what we're doing with our concentrates mm -hmm. so that we will have a four to one or an eight to one powdered mm -hmm. extract where it's uh, concentrated. But what we're trying to do, we're not trying to, trying to just pull out We want it to actually be a, a um, uh, have the same profile as the raw material. Right, right. I love the, the biggest part of this, not just the process of it, but the environment in which they grow. I'm, I'm hung up on that a little bit, you know, because I, you know, I, I source from farms all over the world and, and that it's always subjected to, like I said before, climate change, really, each season, if there's too much water. But you have these environments that are created specific to that species, that that mushroom, so that it's going to be its optimal well, yeah. best. I mean, that's really key in, 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 in the process, you know, um, well, that they're not grown, yeah. you know, to save money or to you know, mass produce. I mean, I'm, I'm certain you probably had your hand in, in, in what the environment was going to be like in these greenhouses, but, uh, well, go yes ahead. All, I mean, what's, what's, what's really interesting is that, is that, uh, for example, uh, reishi mushroom mm -hmm. loves high temperatures. Mm -hmm. So it gets started in May, put into the greenhouses, and again, the greenhouses are covered in cloth because otherwise it would be too hot and the humidity mm. would be too low. You have mm. to have a high humidity in these grow houses. So these these uh, greenhouses uh, essentially, by the, the all during the summer when the temperature is warm, the reishi mushroom grows up, and then. In early September, it is harvested, and, and I mean, it's, it's hot. It's about 80 degrees mm -hmm. in there, but this is ambient temperature. Nothing is being controlled with, with heaters or coolers or anything like that. It is just the fresh ambient air mm -hmm. and the temperature that we got, which means that, okay, from year to year, it might vary a little bit, but not enough to really have a, any kind of damaging yeah. effect on now, when it comes to shiitake mm -hmm. or maitake, they don't get started until October when mm -hmm. the temperatures have cooled off. Mm -hmm. And now they get put into the greenhouses and shade houses, and they start to grow during October when the temperature is lower and the kind of temperature that they like. And then they are harvested in early November. So. So whereas reishi grows and is harvested at 80 degrees, shiitake and maitake mm -hmm. are, are growing and harvested at 60 degrees. But that's the, the temperature of the local area where they're grown. There's no external mechanical inputs mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. So they're seasonal. We're eating seasonally. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And here's, here's what's interesting is that you know, when I'm growing on the mushroom farm back in the 70s, those agaricus mushrooms are being grown in very large concrete warehouse style rooms and we are controlling the temperature, 
uh, uh, by uh, adding heat or air conditioning. We're controlling the humidity with humidifiers, and we're also controlling mm -hmm. the amount of fresh air that gets moved into that big warehouse room. So that room is absolutely climate controlled mm -hmm. by a very expensive mechanical system uh, uh, you know, just like having an air conditioner mm -hmm. or a, a heater for your home or something that's bringing air in and exhausting the carbon dioxide in the house, that's what's going on in a standard mushroom house in the United States. It is all very climate controlled. One of the things that allows you to do is that allows you to have your crop of mushrooms growing all year round, no mm -hmm. matter what going on outside, winter, summer, spring, fall, doesn't matter because you're climate controlling. And, and what that means is that you can have mushrooms going to the market uh, 52 weeks out of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is so fascinating. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I don't even want to ask another question. That's just amazing. I am so jazzed about, and I hope my listeners are really listening to this because, you know, food is our medicine, and we're always, you know, talking about phytonutrients and antioxidants are getting a big play these days, and people want to know. And I think there's a lot of confusion out there, but when you know that you can take these in adaptogens, meaning that they're not going to cause any harm or heat to the system, typically. I mean, we don't know who everybody is out there. We say this all the time, you know, when we ask the question about the pregnancy, you know, really, we don't know what your lifestyle is. And so we have to be really careful about, and you, you had a good point, don't eat a pound because you're listening to this, you know, <laughs> of mushrooms and then have a reaction when your, your body may not be used to the fiber, you know, if you're mm -hmm. eating it in terms of an extract, we all have disease at some time or another. And to use these mushrooms in this capacity is just amazing. But yeah, I'm, I'm very much interested in how they grow and what the process is. And it sounds like you've done well, such an excellent job. I mean, we talk a lot about organic, which we also wanted to hear a little bit, I think, Get yeah, well, one of the question. things that I've been really wondering about is you're mentioning that you, um, you know, in the 70s, you were in, um, you know, you were in a mushroom farm in the United States and you were uh, spent a lot of time there and you were talking about how it's such a controlled environment. But then, as I understand, um, you started the first organic mushroom farm in China. That just sort of seems like what a journey that is to get from point A to point B. You know, how, how did that journey sort of occur to, for you? Oh, man, you, you know what, <clears throat> the, the mushroom farm that I was working for uh, in the 70s, we had literally a, a um, basic schedule for when you would apply this pesticide, when you would, would apply this fungicide, right. I mean, well, because these mushrooms are growing in a closed environment, you could get you could get a, what's called a mushroom fly in there, and it had enough time to get going, and pretty soon your crop could be consumed by the fly larva. So they had a complete schedule of chemicals that they used on this farm, and this was just standard in the mushroom industry. Mm -hmm. My God, it was, it was horrible. It was really wow. horrible.
horrible. Now, the mushroom industry, the agaricus industry, the button mushroom, has changed tremendously since then, and they use um, not anywhere close to the amount of uh, chemicals that they used to use in the old days. In fact, there's even some organic agaricus out there. But, you know, I, I'm a total believer in certified organic foods. I support that. My, my company, Namex, which I started in 1989, we were first certified organic in 1992. And one of the things that, that I realized, and this is something that people need to know, and that is you can produce mushrooms in the United States fresh mushrooms, take them to the marketplace, and make a profit. Mm -hmm. But remember, supplements, mushroom supplements are dried powders. All supplements, I mean, for the most part, other than if you've got a liquid extract, or most supplements are dried powder. Well, if you take that pound of mushrooms, fresh mushrooms that you're getting $5 for, Mushrooms, like most vegetables, are 90% water. You dry those out, and now, instead of uh, this pound, you have a lot less, like a tenth as much. You have to get $50 for that same pound of mushrooms. It's dry now. The economics do not work. So there are no mushrooms, actual mushrooms, being grown in the United States and put into the supplement market. Mm. Absolutely not. Mm. Just go to the market. Right. Because you can't, the economics don't work. I realized that back in the 90s because I, I come, came out of mushroom farming on a large scale. I knew the economics of it. I went to China in 1989 and went to an international mushroom conference there of a group that I was part of when I was in the agaricus industry. This, this group had been around a long time, their first conference in China. I was like really stoked because I'm like, that's mm -hmm. where they're growing all of these other mushroom species. I want to go over there. Medicinal mushrooms, and I've been reading about medicinal mushrooms, and so I went over there. It just opened up a whole new world for me. They had <laughs> research institutes. They had hundreds and hundreds of mushroom scientists they had conferences going on all the time. They had tens of thousands of small mushroom farmers all over China. It was just amazing. So I went over there all through the 90s. I made very, very good contacts. I, I worked with some of the same people that I started working with in the 90s. And so I went, okay, I got to have organic mushrooms coming out of here. I don't want you guys growing mushrooms with the standard chemicals. I took OCIA to China with me in 1997. I organized the very first uh, certification workshop for mushrooms in China. Hmm. And within three years, we have organically certified mushrooms. And wow. these mushrooms are being certified by high quality European certifiers mm -hmm. before any of our mushrooms leave China before any of our extracts leave China. Mm -hmm. They are tested for the whole panel of pesticides, mm -hmm. for uh, heavy metals, for microorganisms. When 
they arrive in the United States. We test them a second Again. time. Mm -hmm. So we're very, very mm -hmm. careful about it. We cannot sell our products unless they meet the specifications. Sure. We, the amount of testing we do is just unreal, more mm -hmm. than I think any other company out there. And mm -hmm. again, if you want a genuine medicinal mushroom product, I'm telling you it's going to have to come out of Asia. It will okay. not come out of the United States because mm -hmm. The economics are not there. Right, right. We're faced with the same thing in the aromatic world. We have the climate to grow. We just can't afford to do it. <laughs> so no, I hear no, that. No, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I mean yeah. that's, that's the case with so many different herbs. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, we just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, you know, think about it when you're getting back to and they're all being harvested by hand. Mm -hmm. You're like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, have you ever been to a mushroom farm? I have never been to a mushroom farm, but you are inspiring me. <laughs> For well, sure. so, uh, and the, you know, there's only one person that I've run into that said, yeah, yeah, actually I've been on a mushroom farm, but, <laughs> but you know, Mushrooms, mushrooms in the United States are all grown indoors, mm -hmm. so you can drive right by a mushroom farm, mm -hmm. but not even knowing that it's there. Mm -hmm. So, so it's really interesting. And and uh, if you ever get a chance, um, you know, like like the that mushroom farm in your area, call them up, ask them if they do a tour. They'll take you through. Mm -hmm. It's really fascinating. Again, now they're the classical. Western way, which is what you know, they're doing it with all of it, totally inside, indoors, climate controlled, all of that. But it's still, it's still interesting. But uh, yeah, very few people have ever seen an actual mushroom farm. Wow, you've answered many of the questions that we were going to ask you about quality control and you know why would we purchase uh, a supplement. Um, I'm just super impressed and can't wait to do a little bit more investigation on each mushroom in particular. Do you find that there are any mushrooms collectively that are better together than apart? You know, it may not apply here. It's just a question that just came in my head because I work so much with synergies and essential oils are very different. They change their profile drastically when they're merged together. This seems different, you know, as it's, they're more food and adaptogenic, but do some um, I mean, you sell individual extracts to, to people that are creating supplements or you actually have a supplement like in a bottle? You don't, you don't actually sell supplements yourself. You sell the extracts. Well, you know what? You know what we, we actually do, do both. We okay. Primarily, primarily Namex is a supplier of raw materials, which means uh -huh. powders. We supply mm -hmm. to hunt America that put out our mushroom extracts under their label. That's that's our primary business. But, but about three or four years ago, my son, who now works for me, came to me and said he really wanted to to uh, develop a line of uh, retail products. Okay. So so we now have a retail product division that oh. uh, does retail products. But but you know what? The, the, that's an interesting question about about synergies, and and I say a couple things about that. Um, now we have one product uh, that we sell that is five mushrooms put together 
And, and I think that does have some synergistic properties. And actually, there's a, a paper that just came out this uh, last year that uh, utilized three of our different extracts, and they they found in their in this paper, and it's mm-hmm. a peer-reviewed published paper. They found in this paper that the uh, effects of whatever they were testing it with um, were stronger mm-hmm. when they put the three together mm-hmm. than as individuals. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, that's really interesting. But but just just keep in mind mm-hmm. that. There's a lot of companies out there that put out products, and they seem to think that yeah. the more things that they put in, the better they are. So it's like there are companies yeah. out there that, that have 10 <laughs> mushrooms in the park, and then the next thing you know, somebody goes, oh, no, 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 I've got 16 mushrooms in more my product. More is better. And, more is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kitchen sink. And, and yeah. um, there's actually a company out there that has got 24 different species in there and and what we found in our analyses because we mm-hmm. analyzed a lot of um, different products out on the on the market because we there's a lot of products that are terribly low quality and, and I can address that but mm-hmm. we analyze them and it's interesting because the products that have the more and more species in them the the amount of the medicinal beta glucans goes mm-hmm. down 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 mm-hmm. down 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 that they put in and, and so what I always recommend to anybody out there any of our, our customers that are interested in putting out a combo product I said look mm-hmm. maybe use the top five but don't go beyond that and yeah. that's what we have we have one product that is five of kind of the top ones you know mm-hmm. the minute you go beyond that what happens is you're putting in uh, a medicinal mushroom with a lower value, lower beta glucan, and that's mm-hmm. just just lowering the, mm-hmm. the really good ones that mm-hmm. were in there. It so, cancels so again, them out. All yeah. of those, yes, it absolutely does. And, and so mm-hmm. these combo products, and, and the funny thing is, is some of them, for some of these companies, are their best sellers. Mm-hmm. And and, you, and just because it, oh, it just sounds so great because I've got. Good marketing. 17 different species, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's a total marketing thing, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it's like, you know, how many of those supplements have you seen out there that you look at the list and they've got like 50 mm-hmm. to 100 different herbs in mm-hmm. there and vitamins and you name it. All you mm-hmm. have to do is take our product and mm-hmm. don't worry about anything else. Right, right. And you're not getting anything viable because there's too many things canceling out something else. You know, it's just not efficient. Oh, oh, and I oh, find yeah. this in my yeah. industry hugely, hugely, hugely. So, you know, simple is better. And, you know, a focus on, on what those mushrooms are. I appreciate that so much that there's, you know, you do have a product that's, that's five mushrooms. Um, and, and not to do more than that, you know, and to really understand you know, what the beta-glucans are and the constituents and, and to know how they marry well together is all part of that formulation process. But more isn't always better, and the marketing world we live no. in thinks that it is. It's like, well, you know what, I really don't know what I'm doing, so I'm throwing everything I know, like you've mentioned the kitchen sink. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just throw everything oh, yeah. in there because there's a little bit of knowledge here. And we find this That's all right. the time with our quote-unquote, oh. I'm doing air quote, competitors, that they just throw everything in, they put this massive 
you know, price tag on it. And people are like, well, it must be good. Look how much is in it. And look how little is in yours, you know? So I think that's part of what we address when we market our products, for sure. To let the consumer know what is truly authentic and what is just mass produced for whatever reason. Because people are looking for the knowledge. Yeah. Let me just let me just alert you to to a big issue in the mushroom category. You know, I told you that it was uneconomical to grow mushrooms yeah. in the United States and sell them as supplements. So, what a lot of companies have done, and this is like uh, companies that are the number one sellers of medicinal mushrooms. Okay. What they do is they will grow they will grow mycelium, uh-huh. which is the vegetative, almost root-like structure of a mushroom, they will grow that out in a laboratory on sterilized grain. Mm-hmm. And after a grow-out period of 30 to 60 days, they will take that myceliated grain and they will dry it, grind it to a powder, <gasps> grain and all. Wow. Now, wow. I did a study. I did a study in 2015 where I took 40 yeah. of those, 40 of those products, and I took uh, uh, dried mushrooms, and I took some of our extracts. I tested them all for beta glucans and what are called alpha glucans. Alpha glucans are the starches, and what I found was that those products. And of course, you no, know, I, I I knew that this because these products are mostly great. They were. Um, 30 to 60 percent starch uh-huh. and right around five percent, around five percent beta glucan. Mushrooms wow. are are 25 to 60 percent beta glucan and less than five percent of alpha glucan, which is glycogen. Uh, mushrooms do not have starch, mm-hmm. and yet mm-hmm. these products, because they were manufactured on grain, and it was not taken out of the final product were mostly starch from the residual grain and that is what is in probably 70% of the mushroom supplements in the United States are those (laughs) products. Wow. You know, can you imagine? And and, and I try to educate people with this and I say, look, two things to to look for. One, are they talking about beta-glucan? No, of course not. They do on their website. They talk about beta-glucan, wonderful, blah, blah, blah. They never test for them. They never put any sort of amount on their label. Sometimes these companies will say, oh, 40% polysaccharides or 50% polysaccharides. Mm-hmm. Beta-glucans are polysaccharides. Guess mm-hmm. what else is a polysaccharide? Starch. Starch. So, so, yeah. so, so here it is. So They're they do have to break it down. Sorry. They do no, they have don't. to break it down on their label of how much. So that would be a way well, for well, the consumer to know. You, no? would be, you, you would be surprised how many people do not. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the front panel of these products, they're all mislabeled because the okay. front panel will say, reishi mushroom, mm-hmm. picture of a reishi mushroom. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, when you turn it over, it would say mycelium. And if you look in the fine print down the bottom of the supplement facts in the other, it might say myceliated rice or Got myceliated oh, oats okay. or something like that. But, but a lot of companies, you know, there's a lot of kind of companies out there who buy those raw materials. The raw materials are being sold to these companies as mushroom. 
So they put them out and they just label them as mushrooms. Wow. Because they don't really know any better. This is what these people are selling. They're mm-hmm. selling their their grain mm-hmm. with mycelium on it, but they're rather than selling it as a food product, which is what it is, they're grinding it to a powder, selling it as a supplement, calling it mushroom, and making making probably five times more than what they'd be making selling it as just tempeh. Really good information. <clears throat> I wonder if they also have to label a disclaimer that says if you are allergic to grain, do not use this supplement because there are plenty well, of people well, that are look, allergic look, to grains. I, I mean, well, yes. I, I, I talk to people all the time who say, oh, I, I'm taking this great mushroom product. And I say, oh, yeah, so what's the brand? They tell me the brand, and I say, you know, and, and these are people who are, are paleo. They don't eat grain. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, oh, yeah, well, I hate to say this, but that product is manufactured on oats or rice mm-hmm. or some grain and they're like totally shocked mm-hmm. that they're actually I mean can you imagine they're they're getting uh, two capsules which is probably a thousand milligrams you know 500 milligrams per mm-hmm. capsule of grain powder mm-hmm. thinking that they're getting a mushroom supplement wow wow it's like the wild west so yeah. these rules is it okay to ask you, what's your son's, because you went in and out a little bit back there when you were telling us about um, your son's retail products. Can you give us the name of those pre- those retail products? What is the name? Yes, the, 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 company, the company is Real Mushrooms, R-E-A-L Mushrooms. Great Real name. Mushrooms, you go to Real Mushrooms, <laughs> realmushrooms.com. That's okay. where, that's where. You... Perfect. <laughs> Yay. Our, I, know, our, I know. Our listeners know. want to know about that. I, I want to know about that. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to buy. Yeah, yeah. This is amazing. Well, well I mean, listen, and, and we've got lots of information on the Real Mushrooms website, on okay. the Namex website. That Beautiful. speaks to all of these quality issues because for me, I, I really totally believe in mushrooms, not just for eating, but for supplements. And it just, drives me crazy to think that all of these products out there that claim to be mushroom mm-hmm. are not mushroom mm-hmm. and are actually mostly grain starch. Thank you so much. I, I'm listening to this and I hope our, our listeners will continue to listen to chat with Benedetta and I, I am so grateful to you, Jeff, for you know letting us know about that and not just talking about your authenticity and your longevity in the mushroom industry and the expert you clearly are, but to let us know the truth out there, you know, because we live in an age where we need to hear this. You know, it's not so much, oh, I'm just here to support my own company, but to let people know what they're actually getting and what, you know, buyer beware. There's a, literally, we need to have a buyer's beware. You know, because oh, we're going out and spending a lot of money on supplements and they're not getting the, the reward that they want. Do you know? Because they're getting too much starch from the grain they may be allergic to. <laughs> oh, know, you know, know. Well, not getting the imagine. immuno. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I know naturopaths who I've had to educate because mm-hmm. they didn't know and mm-hmm. they were actually prescribing sure. these products 
to some of their some of their patients that were were dealing with cancer issues and things like that. And can you imagine? Wow. They're, yes. they're, they're thinking they're taking a mushroom supplement that's going to help their immune system, and here it is. They're just taking a bunch of grain starch. Wow. That that's shocking. Amazing. Absolutely it's shocking. shocking. It's not surprising. You know, people are doing their good due diligence. You know, for their patients. You know, we. You know, some of us are nutritionalists and we're, we have, you know, clients. I think this information really needs to get out there and people need to know, you know, buyer beware, well, thank, you know? Yeah. Yes, and you. even if thank something, you, and, and absolutely, you know, just because something's certified organic, the grain, you know, that the mycelium is grown that's on, right. you know, no, I mean, it's just, right. it's, it is certified organic. Yeah. People only look at the certified organic, even though you took your due diligence and put a lot of effort <laughs> to going to China, you know, probably well, well, the first and the and, last and, you know, to become certified organic there. Um, so it's not that it, it's a given that it's important, but then don't be misled because it says that it is, and then you're getting, you know, 70% starch and not the beta glucan. Oh, yeah, you know what, and, and, I, and I tell this to people too, you know, it's like when you, these days everybody is collecting what I would call merit badges. Yes. And they create new merit badges all the time. Yes. yes. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like there's a new little logo that comes up for it. It doesn't have this, doesn't have that, and mm -hmm. pretty soon you know you've got 20 of these things and trying to fit them on a label or something. And it's like mm -hmm. you can have these particular products, and they're certified organic, they're kosher, mm -hmm. they're on all right. of these different merit badges, mm -hmm. and you think, oh, this is great. I've got all the merit badges. It must be a good product. That yeah. has nothing to do the fact that it is not what you think it is because Correct. it's just this myceliated grain grown in a laboratory under all of these great GMP conditions and so on and yet it's not what you really want and it's not genuine yes yes I hear this you know we are part of this new cultural shift or paradigm where you know, we're the truth speakers, and you certainly are a visionary and a pioneer in what you do, and I'm so grateful to make your acquaintance. You know, I hope it continues, and we can continue to talk at, an, at another date, and uh, well, I, I absolutely and, and loved this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, anytime you yeah. have any mushroom questions or anything like yes. that, definitely shoot me off an email, just consider to me to be, you know, a reference for you and Thank all you. things mushroom. And, 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 you know, listen, there is so much misinformation yes. in the marketplace. Yes. And these companies, I tell you, they spread misinformation and they sound convincing and they have celebrities selling Absolutely. those products. And it's just like, mind-boggling that people will just will just consume that and think oh this is just wonderful this celebrity told me how great his products were <laughs> you are speaking to the to the choir here uh, I mean I'll, you know I, it's this is I mean I have skin care you know we over the years because I've been doing this for 34 years I in the last oh, yeah. 10 years and particularly with all the misinformation on the internet and talk about celebrity endorsements of products, you know, yeah. people follow, oh, I know. you can do any, you know, I mean, we're, 
we're always speaking to the new trends, you know, whatever they are and how there's oh, so little knowledge yeah. out there and, and people market that little bit of knowledge. Um, so everything you're saying really applies to many marketplaces, my world for sure, skincare, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, so this is kind of a subject that we, we speak to often and it always comes back to that authenticity. One of the things that I want to create in this year is a magazine um, that really speaks to authenticity and brings in noted speakers like you uh, where we could have, you know, kind of a forum for people to feel like they have a trust, you know, in this. And it's going to be called The Cultural Shift. Um, and it's about, cool. you know, awesome. health and consciousness. And I'm, I'm really keeping my fingers crossed in our busy life to say that it'll be produced this year. Um, but it'll be a forum where we can reconnect again and share with the consumer what the truth is in, in our health. And in particular, in this case, mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms yeah. and edible mushrooms and what's real and, you know, what the uptake is of them and, and what we should be aware of. And that's a really simple point. You know, you started, we talked about adaptogenics, you know, and I talk a lot about adaptogenic herbs and foods and, and you know, medicine, you know, our food is our medicine. Um, and then talking about buyer beware, watch out, see what oh, yeah. you're really getting. Oh, yeah. And don't be misled. I mean, this is a truth in the herbal and supplement industry. I mean, for years, people were doing one a day. When I was a kid, I did Flintstone <laughs> vitamins. And there was, you know, they, they did research that you can still read one a day vitamin on the other end, you know, <laughs> that it has absolutely yeah. no uptake. And then there were people in life like Paul Schulich from New Chapter years ago who said, wait a minute, your supplements should be whole food. And then, you know, he researched ginger and that ginger opened the blood vessel and it allowed the uptake of these nutrients. And we started thinking differently about what we ingested. You know, so this is an ongoing education and I am just so grateful to you for your knowledge and your life's work, really, you know, and where you came from. You could have well, worked on so those, those, and, <laughs> those mushroom farms and gone, and pesticides are okay, and you never would have turned back, uh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, and thank you for having me on and, and sure. thank you for helping me to to educate people because that Absolutely. really is uh, what I'm trying to do right here. I, you know, I, I tell people when I come on and do any sort of a podcast or something, look, I'm not here to sell you products. We have more business than we know what to do with. I'm just here to help you make an educated, educated decision. That's mm -hmm. what I want. I want mm -hmm. you to know what's mm -hmm. going on out there in the marketplace because it's not easy. It's not easy. Yes. I agree. Well, until next time, thank you so much. Thank you. And have, it was an absolute pleasure to have you yeah, on our podcast. Yeah, take a picture for us uh, of Patagonia, sunset or <laughs> sunrise, yeah, or whatever you feel like it, and email it to us I so will. we can live vicariously you. through you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to A Chat with Benedetta. You can leave us a message on the Anchor app, and who knows, maybe Julia and I will answer your question on our next podcast. 
You can get social with us. Our Instagram is at Benedetta Skin. Facebook is at Benedetta Skincare. And Twitter is at Benedetta Skin. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to speaking with you on our next podcast.